Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. So for our talk today, we're going to be in Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 24. If you're new to the Bible, uh, paper Bibles kind of split into two halves. There's the Old Testament, which is before Jesus came, and then there's the New Testament, which is the story of Jesus and some teaching afterwards. And the New Testament begins with four books, sometimes called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they're the stories, they're just the stories of Jesus' life. So we'll be in the third book, it's called Luke chapter 24. To get us started, introductory thought, a few weeks back I went to the doctor and after a conversation, the doctor Uh, No, this has been a couple months ago, uh, suggested, I guess I'm pretty old, uh, I was having just a few symptoms, and she said, we should do a treadmill stress test, all right? So if you don't know what that is, it looks something like this, and by the way, I look just like this guy without a shirt on. (laughs) I think I have a little more definition in my ab. I only have one ab. It's just one. Anyway, uh, so it's like this, and they put some things on there, and they're basically checking your heart to see how it's pumping, and there's an EKG thing. So anyway, we might want to take him off the screen because it could be distracting for a few ladies. Uh, So I'm there, and I'm doing this test thing, and the treadmill, the idea is to get your heart rate up nice and high. So the treadmill inclines like you're climbing a hill. So I'm walking on this, this thing and interacting a little bit with the staff there. And initially they're like, are you okay, Mr. Pope? And I'm like, I'm, you think I'm going to die. That's what you think, right? But I'm going along. And over time, though, they're saying, oh, you're doing great. And I went for a, quite a long time on this thing. Oh, you're doing fine. You're doing great. So at the end of it, this whole thing, I thought, I'm, I'm good. So I said, so am I good? And then one of the staff said, well, and she had been circling things on my little EKG. And I figured, you know, probably writing smiley faces or like this guy's incredible. But she was circling some things and I won't bore you with the details. But she went on to say, I think the cardiologist will want to do a follow-up. And that's when, I don't know if your mind ever goes there, I, I immediately thought, I'm a dead, I'm dead, I'm a dead man. I should, you know, take one last selfie, send it to my wife and say, I died on the treadmill today. I, so, I uh, won't bore you with the rest of the story, but that triggered a face-to-face with a cardiologist and then another test, a couple things, and then the phone call came to me and it went something like this. Mr. Pope, this is so-and-so from Dr. So-and-so's office. After looking at your test results and assessing all the signs, you are cleared from any concern and need no further follow-up with regarding cardiac care. So I, yeah, that's, I, I appreciate the 17 people that care. That's nice. But what I heard in the midst of that was, sorry to scare you, but you're not dying. Does that, you know, and so I was glad. A couple things happened. I had a couple thoughts in that moment. One, of course, was, yes. And then the second thought was a little deeper pondering. 
Like, what am I going to do today? And it was a little deeper because of the scare kind of a thing. It wasn't just, praise God, I'm going to eat butter again. It was, because <laughs> that's my, you know. Uh, it was, I guess, a little bit of a wake-up call thing. I should be intentional. Does that make sense? Like, I should think through this, and I should value and prioritize important things. So, I don't know if that works, but I, I use that to introduce a question to you. What would you do with a second chance on life? It's a good question. What would you do? with a second chance on life. By the way, it's not irrelevant to Easter because Jesus came, died on a cross, made payment for our sin, opened a door for relationship with an amazing God, and you can really compare that to a second chance on life, right? A couple Bible verses. Ephesians 2.1 says, You were dead in your transgressions, and sins. But because of his great love for us, God goes on to say, made us alive with Christ. John 10.10, 10, a description of the enemy says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So it's a pretty good question. How are you doing with your life? Your second chance. I know many of us are Christians. And the way we're going to explore that today is a little bit of a shift here. We're going to ask the question and explore what did Jesus do with his second chance moment? And what I mean by that, Jesus actually died and then he came back to life. And I was curious this year, I thought, what did he do? his first day back. And my assumption is, is this again gives us insight into God's priorities, but also it might help us with our own priorities. Like what did Jesus do the first day? Spoiler alert, he spent most of his day with two men. And there's a story in the Bible, it's, in my Bible it's highlighted, it's like the road to Emmaus. And that's what we're going to look at. I want to give you... Uh, Quite a bit of background here. Many of us know this, but just in case you don't, Jesus has just finished three years of big ministry. He was a teacher, a healer, tons of miracles. A bunch of people loved him. A number of people hated him. The ones who hated him killed him. And in our text, just three days before what we will be reading, uh, he had been beaten, crucified. From, a, from the cross, he said, it is finished. That was a reference to payment for our salvation. Everything's not finished because in a few days he's going to come back. It was also interesting to me that some soldiers that were there, it says that they saw Jesus breathe his last. So then he goes, I don't know what it would be like. He's dead for three days. But something happens Easter morning where the Spirit of God comes back into him and he breathed his last, no, no, he's going to breathe again. And I just imagine all of a sudden that body that's dead all of a sudden going, right? 
and he's, and he's back to life, and he, the stone gets rolled away, and he's out and about. Okay, a couple other things. It's kind of craziness Easter morning for the disciples. Uh, some angels show up and say he's risen. Jesus does some brief kind of pop-up, high things with a few people. But for the most part, the disciples are just confused. What's really happening here? That's where we'll pick up the story, Luke 24, 13. It'll be on the screen, or you can read along in your phone or Bible. It says, now that same day, two of them, that's two followers of Jesus, were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. Don't know why, but at this point, God wasn't opening their eyes to who he was. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast, and one of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there these days? And Jesus here kind of plays dumb, and he says, What? He knows everything. Oh, what things? He says to him, What things? Let me fill in some gaps. Uh, so the two disciples kind of go off on Jesus, and they say things like, haven't you heard? Did you ever hear about Jesus? He was an amazing teacher, and he did all kinds of miracles, and it was crazy, and this and that happened, and now this morning, the tomb's empty, and we don't know what's going on. Pick it up in verse 25. He said to them, this is Jesus, how foolish you are, and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Just two more verses. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day's almost over, and so he went in to stay with them. If I can finish the story, if you read it in your Bible time this week, they end up having dinner, and then during dinner, Jesus opens their eyes, and they realize, I don't know if they would have thought this way, holy cow, we have been with Jesus all afternoon. All right, title of the talk is Easter 2022, Jesus' Agenda, His First Day Back to Life. And I want to explore two priorities we see in the heart, I think in the heart of God, in the heart of Jesus on this day. So let's pray. God, we'd like to, a bunch of us, we would like to know you better. And uh, I have to think that this also can impact our lives and our priorities. So... Uh, we give you, I give you, Lord, rule over this auditorium. Those that are watching, we, we just pray 
that you would have authority to teach us, correct us, challenge us, uh, encourage us. I'm going to say some things, but mostly we'd like to hear your voice and experience you. In Jesus' name, amen. I've got two ideas, two priorities we see in Jesus here. The first one is this. On Jesus' first day back, he prioritized a walk with his friends. A walk with his friends. Verse 15, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, you noticed this when we were reading, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. I think it's worth noting from another verse that this was not a little walk. We prob- I probably should have put in the fill in the blank, a long walk with friends. Because it's verse 13, says that these gentlemen were going to a village called Emmaus from Jerusalem. So it's about a seven, Jesus enters into a seven mile walk with these folks. Some of us right now need a drink of water because we're, that sounds like a long walk. And my interpretation of this, I believe, there's a, is there a fill in the blank? No, 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 no. Yeah, here's my interpretation of this, is Jesus was eager for extended time at a slower pace. That will happen in a seven-mile walk. Just to, to bring this, you can leave that up on the screen while people write it down. Extended time at a slower place. But if you go on a seven-mile walk, that's a, there's time there to interact. That would be like here in our context, if today after service somebody said, hey, let's walk up to the south side of Granger. That's seven miles. That's a lot of time to walk and talk and be with each other. I want to also emphasize they were walking, not running. It doesn't say the disciples were out for a 15K (laughs) thing, right? And I would submit to you to consider the story may have been totally different if they were running. Because you don't have the same interaction when you're running. Sometimes... um, I mountain bike a little bit, and, and I have a friend who mountain bikes a lot more than I do, and it's kind of comical because we'll mountain bike together, and, and he's in better shape than I am, and we'll be riding, <laughs> and every once in a while, he'll ask me questions while we're riding, like, up a hill. It'll be like, so, hey, Mark, how was your week? <laughs> Here's my response. <laughs> like, that's, you don't have conversations Right, I give him one-word guttural responses. Good, that's it. Like, because it's different to be at a, you don't interact at a, at, a, at a crazy pace kind of a thing. And I want to make a point here. This is observable throughout the life of Jesus. Jesus almost never, he was almost never in a hurry in the midst of ministry. He just wasn't. A couple of examples 
In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is getting ready to do what we know as the Sermon on the Mount, the largest section of Scripture describing one of his teachings. He's going to talk about life and who God is and tell stories and parables to get people toward the kingdom of God. And it says when he does it, he saw the crowd, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. It's like, this is super important, everybody. Somebody give me a chair. The next example is when Jesus was doing ministry to a large crowd of people. And it indicates, uh, he said to his disciples, I have compassion for these people. And it says, they have already been with me three days. That is a long church service, my friends. That's, did someone just go, oh my, I just heard a guy. That's a long, that is, and, but those are indications of the pace that God, that Jesus does ministry and works with us and with people. If we go back to the text again and we dig a little deeper, there's a seven mile walk, which I would guess, let's just say it's going to take three hours. Two and a half, three, for some four, right? It's going to take a while. Then at the end of it, the disciples convince him to stay for supper. Just to be clear, you don't, in Jesus' day, you don't just throw hot pockets in the microwave and in six minutes you're eating. That's not the way supper worked. There would have been the, the prep and the, does that make sense? So this would have been an, another hour, two hours things. And I thought of it this way. I assume the goal of Jesus through this interaction is to teach and ultimately to share with these disciples, I'm alive, right? Here was the idea. Jesus took over five hours just to say, I'm alive. If you're like me, I'll just, I'll just apply it to myself. That really stretches me. Because it feels like to me, that's a long time, Jesus. Surely you could have got to the point quicker. Does anybody, anybody struggle with the speed and the pace of life? It just feels like we're living in a world where we value faster, 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 faster. Is that not where you guys live too? I struggle. I was thinking of examples this week. Just talking to our director of uh, communication. And I was going to put out a little video for our, the membership of the church, Team Vineyard. And I asked Joel, I said, Joel, so like really how long should I make this before people really won't watch it? And he said, you probably got about seven minutes. So I'm like, okay, well, so I tried to do that. Does that make sense? I got a, I got a direction from a, some of the National Vineyard team. I have some meetings this week. And the uh, National Director of the Vineyard sent me a video and a few leaders and said, uh, I want you to watch this before we gather on Tuesday. And it was a 15-minute uh, video from him. Have you ever done this? I'm like, I don't know, 15 minutes. <laughs> and so I am literally like clicking and trying to, oh, wait, I think I know what he's talking about. I can probably bump forward 12 seconds. <laughs> Have you done this? I think I know what he's mean. Okay, I can teach I'm trying to carve out like three minutes out of the 15 minutes because, come on, because I got, I, got, I got things to do. You guys ever, so, and, and they also sent me a link for a podcast, 57 minutes. Yeah, I was like, delete, ain't doing, are you kidding me? Oh, 57 minutes, 
I started it. I haven't finished it. Maybe I will. I'll download it on maybe on the plane while I'm sleeping. But the idea here is, as we bring this back into the room, because that's the, that's the world we're living in, and I want to bring just a really healthy caution to some of that. You can write this in. Is the pace of my life something that Jesus would join? That's a really, really good question. That's a, such a good question. And I'm not saying that we have to meander through all of life. If you want to do the quick hot pocket thing to save some time. But I am cautioning us. This is not just to do with our spiritual life, but, our, but things that are important to us. I wonder how many of our relationships or marriages would be like 80% better if we were like 80% less busy? Is that right? That's true. I wonder, wonder how many of our kids would be more emotionally healthy if they just had an adult in their life that was not rush, 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 rushing around. How many of our financial mistakes are connected to the fact that we did not slow down and think through what the heck we were buying? And of course, especially with spiritual things, just a real serious caution. I think, I think there are probably countless people that the Lord of the universe, like God in heaven, Jesus, is saying, man, I would love to connect with you, but I am not about to run to catch up. It's not. I wonder if there are times that he's kind of like sitting by, figuratively speaking, sitting by the road, watching people zip by, and just thinking, if anybody wants to go for a walk, I'm here. And I, I have a little sense in my heart, not to be too confrontive, but we get so deceived when we think God needs to adjust who he is to accommodate for us. Can I just tell you, it does not work that way. It doesn't work that way. Well, hey, God, I got three minutes, so you need to, I think God looks and goes, <laughs> and who are you? Small little dweeby person that think I should change, I should change who I am for you. That's not the way the kingdom works. Is he compassionate? Yes. Did he send Jesus? Yes. He's done so many things to reach out to us. We get whacked out. That's a Bible term, whacked out. When we start to think, oh, hey, God, you got you to gotta change who you are to get to me. That The best way to approach is, Lord, what do I need to do to deeply connect with you? Okay. So that was the first idea. Jesus, on his first day, he prioritized a walk with his friends. By the way, if you're interested in developing a walk with God, that's what we're trying to do here at the church. Uh, we do have a class that might be helpful. We've got a class coming up this Thursday. There's still room. It's called Creating Your Spiritual Growth Plan. There'll be practical things about how you might be wired to walk with God and serve God. So uh, 
it's going to take an hour and a half of your life, so you know, it might be kind of hard, but you might, we might want to think about those things. Let's get to the second point. On Jesus' first day back, he prioritized an invitation with some urgency. An invitation with some urgency. And, and what I mean by that is that when the disciples urgently, well, we'll just look at it. Verse 28, they approached the village. It says, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther, which to me is curious. Because I'm like, what do you mean you think you're going farther? Surely you want to reveal your, who you are to these people, but he pretends he's going to go farther. But these disciples do something incredibly wise. And it says they urged him strongly, stay with us. I did a little research on the original language here and the word. This is not a, hey, by the way, you can stay for dinner if you'd like. This was an urgent, almost a plea, it was like, no, 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 don't go on. Please, 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 please. Come on, man. Maybe I didn't say man, but come on. Come on, man, don't go on. No, we, I, we want you to stay with us. That was super wise. And this last principle is what we'll finish our time with. Here's what I think's going on here. This is the reality of God. It says... This, Jesus gives more of himself to those who really, really want him. He died on the cross for the whole world. But the whole world does not get the same experience with Jesus. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, you will seek me. And find me when you seek me with all your heart. That implies a, a deep desire, some urgency. In Matthew 7, 7, even if you don't know much about the Bible or not been in church much, you may have heard this verse. It says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Those verbs, ask, seek, knock, all of the tense uh, of those words, it's not just ask once, it's ask and keep on asking. They're active verbs, I think they call it, seek and keep on seeking. It's knock and, and keep on knocking. So if you compare it to the knocking on the door, if your friend was inside, it would be you would knock, so you'd be like, but not just that. You'd be like, yeah, okay. Okay, so Hal's not coming to the door. Still not coming to the door. I know you're in there, Hal. Like it would, it would be your car's in the driveway. I see that. I see the television, and I'm gonna get you to come to the. Does that make sense? That's the language of this. This knock thing. And here's the great, if because these disciples had that kind of urgency, it steered Jesus away from going on. And this is the coolest part. They get to experience things because they were urgent, amazing things. And this is the, we didn't read this, but you can read this. I've alluded to it. During dinner, it says, 
Jesus was at the table with them and he took bread, he gave thanks and he broke it and he began to give it to them. By the way, this is when he's going to reveal who he is to them. And this, well, we'll, we'll it says, then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he, then he disappeared from their sight. That moment would be so cool. And they don't get there unless they say, please, 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 please stay with me. And the way I imagine it, because, you know, Jesus, if you don't know, he did this break bread thing often. He did communion with his disciples. And so I imagine during dinner, Jesus knows what he's going to do. And he's, I, I, this is just me, but like, oh, I'll be glad to break the bread. So somehow he breaks bread. And in the midst of that, the Spirit of God opens their eyes and all of a sudden, they're like, oh, man. And they realize it's Jesus. I picture him just for fun, like he's breaking bread, and he looks at him, and then he winks, like, <laughs> right? Like, recognize me, guys. Right? He does something. And then they're like, oh, it's the Lord. And then, and then he's gone. How do you know? I could live a long time spiritually with just one experience like that so worth i wonder if they didn't i wonder if the guys didn't even communicate i am so glad we made him stay because they became part of a group of only hundreds of people during that time that got to see jesus face to face after his resurrection not everybody got to see that it's because they were urgent this um This is not a fill in the blank, but I want to put this up on the screen that we would just consider it. When was the last time we pushed for God's presence? When was the last time? Have you ever just thought, have you ever one time communicated to the Lord, God, I really, 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 really want you in my life. I really, really really want your presence in my household. I really, 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 really need your help. I really, really, does that make sense? I would submit to you that matters. It, it matters. It mattered in this story. It matters to God. God doesn't change. It matters today. It was a great reminder for me this last Tuesday, I think it was, I realized I had, I had, I think my intensity had wandered. I don't plan on doing this, but sometimes you kind of wake up and think, gosh, I, I, I think I kind of, I had still been doing some of my disciplines, been reading the Bible, but I was on my uh, porch, and I, maybe it's because I was starting to think, read this, and I thought, God, I'm so sorry. I've kind of been really, really prioritizing other stuff. And so I went through a six or eight or ten minute time where I'm like, I'm sorry, Lord, and seriously, I really, 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 really need you. And it was super helpful for me. Last thought. It is... Time to put some extra effort 
into inviting God. It's time to put some extra effort into inviting God. So to recap, on the first day back, Jesus prioritized a walk with his friends and an invitation with some urgency. Why don't you stand? And we're going to go into a time of prayer. I'm actually going to give you an opportunity to commit or recommit to a walk with God. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.